Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Well, Heather, we're back for another episode in Studio WIC. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Now, you may notice my voice sounds a little raspy, a little froggy, if you will. So I'm battling a little bit of a virus, not the coronavirus, but I'm battling a little bit of a virus that has really, I don't feel bad, just losing my voice. Just a little cold. Just a little cold. So just bear with us. I'm going to plod on through because that's what we do as <laughs> podcasters. Yep. So Heather, have you ever thought about getting a tattoo? Never. <laughs> so I would Have say you? This, no, no. Oh. Uh, although I thought about having Dr. Sweet's initials tattooed on my leg <laughs> because he's performed 14 surgeries on my leg, the stump that I lost, that I mm-hmm. thought it would be apropos to have his, <laughs> his initials on my leg because he always initialed it before every surgery. But there is a monthly subscription box. Now we know how I love a monthly subscription box. If you listen to our holiday gift guide, and other episodes. I do love a holiday subscription box. Not the cat lady one, but... No. And I did not get that for Christmas. Well, that's good. I'm so thankful. Because I thought for sure somebody would would want to send one to you. I did get a cat mug and cat socks, though. Nice. Mm -hmm. And I gave you a cat tumbler. And a cat tumbler, yes. With Ricky's face on it. I did get cat things. Yeah. With Ricky's face on it. On all his glory. Oh, goodness. Well, there's a company called Dwell that does a monthly subscription box, and their motivation is to help you memorize scripture. Hmm. So it comes with a key tag that has like a scripture reference in the scripture on it. It comes with a print that contains the verse to help you memorize it. The key tag, I think, maybe just has like the first letter of each word of the verse. So you mm-hmm. look at the key tag and try to think of what each of those words are. Oh, so is a key tag as in like a little keychain? Yeah, it's a keychain tag with full verse on the back and then the shortcut on the other side. But it also comes with temporary tattoos. Interesting. Now, I do like temporary tattoos because I think that makes you feel like a rebel <laughs> to have a tattoo. So the temporary tattoo, I think, looks like the key tag where, you know, it has like prompts. So you can see that and it helps you in your everyday life to focus on God, focus on his word, memorize his word, which I'm trying to do a better job of this year. And so I think it kind of makes the everyday a little more exciting. You've got a tattoo to look at, to memorize, a key tag. And that kind of leads us to our topic today of how do we glorify God in the everyday life? So Heather, why don't you tell us why we chose this topic? Well, the topic today we chose based on a listener suggestion that my cousin actually sent in. My cousin Louise. Thanks, Louise. Yeah, thanks, Louise. She texted me with this question and she asked, how do you look for God's glory or his workmanship or his blessings in the everyday tasks like going to work and taking care of the kids or just when you're doing anything? So that got us thinking about life purpose, about being content in where God places you. And so we are going to talk about that today, about how we look for God and the little things every day. And so our one single thought for today is making the most of the mundane. Making the most 
of the mundane. All right, Rose, let's start first with God's purpose for our lives and how does that tie into what we're talking about. So if we were to look at what is God's purpose for our lives, I think we can tie it up into a few short statements, which one is follow Christ. That would be the first thing. One is to glorify God in our life, which we're, we're going to talk about more about that today. Sharing Christ with others and living in obedience. So those are kind of, if you had to pick four things that kind of outlines our purpose, I think that that kind of covers it. Follow mm-hmm. Christ, glorify God in our lives, share Christ with others and live in obedience. So I'm going to read a few scriptures that follow along those various statements that I made about our life's purpose. So Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So when we follow Christ, we have to deny ourselves, which means we realize we're a sinner. We turn away from that sin and we follow Christ. We Make a decision that we're going to follow him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And so that lines up with our second point, which is glorifying God in our lives. So whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So this commands that uh, Jesus told his the people in Matthew talks about how we have to love God first with all our heart with all our soul and all our mind but he said the second greatest commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself and I think that that's a good verse that kind of aligns with sharing Christ with others if we really love our neighbors as ourselves we want them to know the good news of the gospel and so we'll want to share it with them and then finally Matthew 28 19 through 20 says Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And this was the Great Commission, as we call it, the Great Commission that Jesus proclaimed. And I think this is a good summary of how we live obediently, how we go and share the gospel, we disciple the nations, we share with our neighbors, we observe what God has commanded us to do. We live in obedience. So I think those, if we look at our purpose in life, those four statements kind of wrap it up pretty nicely. So Heather, why do you think people get discouraged in the everyday as believers? When we have scripture here clearly that lines it out for us, why do we get discouraged in our everyday or in the mundane? So as believers, especially when you're a new Christian, you feel like the Christian life should be this constant state of exuberance and excitement over Jesus and what he's done for you, which absolutely be thankful and joyful about it and share with others. Um, But as you mature, you begin to realize there does become this everyday process to walking with Jesus, just like any other thing in life. And we tend to be too hard on ourselves, expecting a life of perfection. And when you're not feeling that joy or excitement, or if you're not meeting a standard you set for yourself or what you think the other Christians expect of you in terms of just 
the way you should be feeling, then you may come to think there's something wrong with you. You feel like, well, I should be happy all the time because I'm a Christian and because, you know, there's no reason for me to be unhappy. So I should just be constantly smiling or constantly looking for, for the Lord in every single situation in my life when it's so easy to just to get pulled down into the mundane stuff of life. If you have kids taking care of your kids, going to work every day, um, cleaning your house, pumping gas or whatever, there's just mundane things that we do have to, we have to do every day just to live. And it's so easy just to get bogged down and be like, I, you know, I'm not joyful, <laughs> but we tend to think there's something wrong with us if we're not holding up to that standard. You also may tend to think that if somebody is struggling, if they're sad about something or if they're depressed, you may think that they're not Christians or maybe they're off spiritually when really they just might be having a down day. And so it's easy to think that of other people, especially I see that in younger believers that they, they tend to think that you have to be constantly on fire and it's not always going to be like that. And I think even as spiritually older Christians, it's easy to kick yourself when you're not in that state at different points of your life. But then also we're dealing with this culture that we live in that is constantly striving for the next best thing. And it's easy to feel like you're missing out on something, especially if you're stuck in a a rut in your life. Maybe you've got small children in your home and you're just going through every day trying to make sure your kids don't kill each other and and those kinds of things. But, or maybe you're just trying to put food on the table. Maybe you're working a horrible job where your boss mistreats you, or, you know, maybe you're, you don't have a lot of money right now and you're, you're stuck with the same old car that's almost 20 years old and it's falling apart and you're dreaming of having something better. There's all kinds of things that we struggle with when we look at our culture that's always telling you to go for the bigger and the better. And then also just like dreaming of a better life with relationships. And we look at social media, that's the worst culprit of fostering that mindset of comparison. And you look at people online and think, oh, their lives are perfect. Look at this Instagram photo. It's so beautiful and it's all filtered. (laughs) But we look at those people and like, well, their lives are perfect. They eat this perfect food and they have these perfect dogs and perfect children. And they go on all these wonderful vacations and it's so easy to compare yourself to those kinds of people even in movies and tv i mean hallmark movies are horrible for this horrible horrible there's always this girl who's got this wonderful income and she works this cushy job like an interior designer or something and she comes back to this quaint little village and meets this beautiful man and they have this conflict and they end up together and live happily ever after and so we have all of that bombarding us at all the time and so it's real easy to let all of that infiltrate your thinking and really look at your own life and like my life stinks mm-hmm. <laughs> heather have you heard of the social media app be real uh-uh I think it's fairly new. I don't think it's super new, but basically it was developed that you can only post one picture a day and you can only post it when they prompt you to post it. So you get an alert and it goes, time to post your B-reel. There's Mm -hmm. no filter options and you have to take the photo to be able to see your other friends' photos. Mm. And I'm a sucker for something new because I'm intrigued to see how it works And some of our college students are on it at at church. And so I got on and I only have like three friends. So it's not that big (laughs) a deal. But it's interesting because that's their whole premise is they want everybody to be real. You don't put a filter on it. Yeah. You take it wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And you don't try to stage it. 
Mm -hmm. And because I think you're right. I think that social media is probably the biggest culprit Mm -hmm. for that kind of comparison. Especially for the younger people. So to battle this, what's really needed here is a shift in attitude and in perception of life and of things that are happening in your life. I believe in Rose. I know you agree with me that thankfulness and gratitude is the key to that. Being thankful for what you have and where you are. Being thankful for what God has given you. That can really help. So what does that look like? How does thankfulness and gratitude help us focus on God's purpose in our lives? So I sometimes have a hard time with this one because my whole life has changed in the last three years. And so I struggle a lot with my purpose. I'm not working a full-time job. Now, what am I really contributing to the world? (laughs) (laughs) And I can get into a mode of, of that very easily. And my friend Paige, maybe later of 2022, early 2023, said, you should sit down and write down everything God has done for you in 2022. Now, have I done that? Mm, that would be a no. <laughs> and I know she listens, so. But I have thought it. I've thought, I've sat and I've thought through, you know, month to month. I did a year in review. So I kind of did it. I kind of did it with a blog post, which I'll link in the show notes that I wrote about each month of my year. And in those months, I talked a lot about what God did in my life. But there's much more that I could have noted that he did. Mm-hmm. When I, I ended the year, I've never done an Instagram reel. See above. We just talked about be real and I jumped on that bandwagon. But I've never done a reel and I thought, oh, this is a great time to do one. I'll do it at the end of the year. And I got a template where I could have a music play and I would just roll through a bunch of pictures from 2022. Mm-hmm. And so when I did that reel, I chose them. And one of my friends, Karen, watched it and said to me this past week, you know, watching how you personally evolved physically, how you looked from the beginning of 2022 until now, you just look physically so much healthier, so much better. Mm-hmm even though I feel like I've gained on my weight back. And she <laughs> said, you just look better. You look healthier. You do look better. Well, that's good. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> you're, you're, I agree with her. Yeah. So in those kind of situations, that's what helps me remember to be thankful, mm-hmm. to be grateful. A lot of people do gratitude journals. I've sadly never done one, at least not in a while. Mm-hmm. I've journaled, but I've never done a gratitude journal solely. That's a good way to record the grateful things that God has done in your life. I know yeah. that there are journals that are like one, it's like a five minute journal or something where you just write for five minutes and people use that to mm-hmm. record gratitude. I know some families do this. They have people write down what they're thankful for and put it in a jar. And then when the kids are being ungrateful or the kids aren't being thankful, mm-hmm. You know, mom or dad says, hey, go pull something out of the jar. Let's let's talk about what we should be thankful for. So those are just, I think, big picture ways of how we can focus on thankfulness and gratefulness. And I know kind of what you said earlier, Heather, about how we we live in the looking for the exuberant next big thing. Yeah. And I think on days when we have those mountaintop experiences and everything's going great, that's just not going to be every day. And Mm -hmm. so I think that is what's hard when we don't have those days. How do we, how do we stay joyful? How do we stay Mm -hmm. grateful and thankful? So Heather, what are some practical ways we can make the most 
of the Monday. Well, tagging on the thankfulness, I mean, the thankfulness journal really would help. I've, I did that for a little while, mm. several years ago, and then I would I would stop for a year or two, and then I'd pick it up. And so the same journal, there's like three or four years worth of <laughs> stuff. But I just made a point of writing down a few things every day. And even if it got pretty boring, I would write down everything I could think of that I could be thankful for. And sometimes I would repeat the same things over and over again, like socks or hot chocolate or windshield wipers, because I'd be driving in the rain and, Uncle Lord, thank you for the windshield wipers that you gave my car so I can see and not crash into the telephone pole. So just those little things in life that we have every day that we take for granted and being thankful for those. But also just, I guess, realizing a lot of the things that we do every day, we take them for granted. That's just part of life. I mean, we we get up, we get ready to go to work, we get our kids ready for school if we have kids, we go buy groceries, we go to doctor's appointments, we pay bills, all those kinds of things that we do every day. And we don't realize a lot of times how good we have it. And I've always heard if you're feeling bad about yourself, there's always going to be somebody that's got it worse than you are. And so taking the focus off yourself and looking to other people, how can you serve other people? that really helps when you feel like your life is just boring and flat and there's nothing going on but also in those everyday tasks looking for the larger purpose is there a larger purpose behind it so I will take a very mundane task for me right now is cleaning out a litter box which (laughs) I hate but it's got to be done otherwise Mm, it's stinky it's stinky and my cat will not be happy and he's not he's going to get sick so I got to make sure I'm taking care of my cat. (laughs) It's a task that you have to do. But doing that, I'm caring for one of God's creatures. Ricky is Mm -hmm. one of God's creatures. And so if you have pets feeding your dog every day, you're taking care of something that God has given you, taking care of your home if you're cleaning your house, just being thankful that you have a house and that you're able to clean it. And which, (laughs) that's hard. I know how hard that is to say. Mm But that's how you can really just, it's just changing your attitude towards the task that you have at hand and realizing how much you have to be thankful for in that moment and realizing that the situation might change at a moment's notice. You know, we we know people recently who had experienced great loss Mm -hmm. and just to, to know that one day, you know, Things could be going along fine, and then the next day, completely different. Mm-hmm. And so be thankful for those moments when you have them. So, Heather, you were you were talking about how we've had a lot of people who have recently experienced great loss. Mm-hmm. So would you say that maybe in some ways we should just be thankful for a mundane life? Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any dramatic examples from my own life, but just thinking about times when I was younger, when I thought my life was so dull and that nothing was going on, and then it was just the same thing every day. And then looking at just hardships from getting older. And that's part of that's like when you're a teenager and you're just mm-hmm. waiting for your life to begin. Right. But then like being in your 40s and all the things you have to be responsible for. But even like as a, a younger adult in my 30s, I mean, there's things I'm responsible for now that I wasn't then. And I took a lot of that for granted. And I was mm-hmm. just waiting for something to happen. Um, and I think I could have done better at investing my time in other things. But I mean, I've heard from people who have children, just, you know, you only get a short amount of time with your kids before they're gone. And just mm-hmm. being thankful for those moments, even when they're insane, <laughs> when you're up in the middle of the night every night and when there's peanut butter in your hair and (laughs) um, whatever there is, just trying to deal with all the craziness that goes on with raising a family, but being thankful in those little moments where you, you really got like, Oh wow, look what you've given me, Lord, you've given me this wonderful family and children who are, who love each other and who have fun together and 
Our lives may not be perfect. We may not have a lot of money, but we have a good time, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, those are ways to look at it and looking for the, I don't say looking for the silver lining, but that's kind of what it is. It's looking for what God's blessed you with in that moment. Because it can all change very quickly. Yeah, it can all change fast. So Rose, you, um, do you have any ideas or suggestions? <clears throat> so talking about raising kids, I mean, I know you, you don't have kids of your own, but you've had a lot of experience with other people's kids and mm-hmm. you've worked in children's ministry before. Do you have some practical ideas that maybe parents or moms could make a most of their mundane chores with their with their kids or just raising children? Yeah, and you made a very good point that we only have so many moments, days, hours, mm-hmm. months with our children and our children's pastor. <laughs> I don't know the name of the app, but he has parents to download this app put in their child's birthday and it tells them how many days until that child is 18. Mm. And even his wife, Sarah, it's Ryan Morris. We love him. But even his wife, Sarah is, is like, Whew. when we did that for our kids, it just tore her apart, you know, mm-hmm. but it does bring to the front how much time, little a time that you have with your kids. Mm-hmm. So I think some ways that parents can do this, packing their kids lunches. So that is a mundane task. And if you have more than a couple of kids, Mm -hmm. that's a huge task to make it fun, you know, make it not so boring every day, make it healthy. And also maybe just put little notes in or whatever. But it's a way as you're packing their lunch, just pray for their next day. Or if you pack them that Mm -hmm. morning to pray for their day ahead, as you do that, that would help you get through the mundane task, but help you to glorify God and thank God for your kids. I think another way is in the pickup line. You know, these days there's a lot of time wasted in car rider lines as Mm -hmm. parents pick their kids up. And that's another way where you can spend time with the Lord, where you can pray for your child individually in that car rider line or use that time to work on scripture memory or, you know, listen to scripture on audio or -hmm. whatever. Anything you can do to make that mundane task a little bit more mm-hmm. exciting, but even bathing your kids and using that time to like teaching, teach a teaching time with them. A lot of kids are involved in sports these days. And so supporting mm-hmm. them in that effort and cheering them on and being, being with them, I think is huge. And, you know, our pastor, Dr. Cook, who we interviewed at the end of last year, he has a statement where he always says, every child has a soul that will never die. Mm-hmm. And so as a parent, that's your greatest mission field. That's really where your first priority should be. We do need to love our neighbors and, and reach out to others. But really, your first goal is to be Christ for those kids. Mm-hmm. And so even in the mundane things you do for them, whether that be cleaning their room or changing their diaper or coaching their team in sports or packing their lunches, picking them up from school, all of those things are showing them the love of Christ in doing them. Mm-hmm. Because as sad as it may sound, there are kids that don't have that, that their parents maybe can't invest in them in that way because of maybe their parents are working two jobs or maybe they're in situations where their mom is a single mother household, single dad, and they don't have the time. And so the the community around them has to help because... Mm-hmm. The one single parent can't do it on their own. So even in that situation, I feel like you can still glorify God because you've been blessed with this human being 
it's made in the image of God that you've been entrusted with, that you've been encouraged to raise. And I think that's pretty awesome. So Heather, I know that you have a really great story that you share with me that would really help us all get perspective on this. So can you share it with our audience? And it's not my story, but it's it's a parable. And some people probably have heard of it. It's it's from the Middle Ages, I think. It's pretty mm-hmm. old. And there's different versions of it out there. And it's used um, not only in Christian circles, I've heard it used, but also in corporations and business trying to motivate employees and all that. And so just to summarize it, because it's told different ways, but basically this man is walking down this path and he comes across three bricklayers or three stonemasons, however it's portrayed. And the first one, the man comes comes to him and asks, what are you doing? And the bricklayer says, well, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard laying bricks to feed my family. Now, I heard a version of this. I'm reading this from the internet right now, but I heard a version of this where the guy's like, can't you see I'm carrying bricks? Because he's (laughs) carrying bricks. And he comes along and he sees a second bricklayer and he says, well, what are you doing? And that Bricklayer says, well, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. And he comes along to the third bricklayer and he asks the bricklayer, well, what are you doing? And he says, I'm a cathedral builder and I'm building a great cathedral to to the Almighty or to the glory of God. And so they're all doing the same job, but they have different perspectives on that job. And so it's how you understand your role every day in light of God's grander purpose. What is God's grander purpose for your life? So if you are wiping a a dirty bottom, changing diapers, Mm -hmm. okay, so I come up to you and say, okay, what are you doing? And can't you see I'm I'm wiping a bottom? (laughs) (laughs) Or if I came to another person, another mom, and I said, well, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm taking care of my baby. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I go up to a third mom and I say, well, what are you doing? And she says, I'm raising a child who will become a great Christian one day. Now, I don't know. There, there could be correlations from changing a diaper to discipling your child. But the idea of looking at what you're doing and how that applies to your life or how that applies to God's greater purpose for your life. And so it might be something mundane and dirty and horrible, <laughs> like changing a diaper cleaning out a litter box, but in light of God's grander purpose, what are those little tasks you're doing? How do those build up to bring him glory mm-hmm. ultimately? So I love that. That's a cool story. It and is. I, I, I heard it, it on the radio and it's all, I've always remembered it. I heard it several years ago and it's just kind of a neat little, little parable. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it before, but it's a neat little story to kind of help you think of how we look at our lives every day. Well, I think there's a lot more that can be said about this, but that's just you and I talking mm-hmm. the way we think people can make most of the mundane. I, Louise, I hope that helped a little bit. <laughs> I know I don't always make the most of my mundane. I so don't either. It's, it's a good challenge for me to remember. Yeah. yeah, I feel very convicted actually talking through this. Like I really want to make sure that I'm making a point to really acknowledge God in my everyday life. And even in the small things like cleaning out a litter box. So, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on making the most of the mundane. All right. So what is your one random thought, Rose? My one random thought is stop in the name of love. All right. So that was the best with my froggy voice, but we're going to go with it. So the National <laughs> Association of City Transportation Officials says that we wait at a red light for 75 seconds. 
So if you calculate that over a lifetime, we spend, are you ready for this? <laughs> Six months of our life waiting at red lights. I think that's probably longer because some of these lights in Louisville are really long. <laughs> really way longer long. than 75 seconds. So if that's us, if that is It's a, probably at least a good year. I would say, yeah, we're going to go with a year. So there's a whole lot of time at red lights we can use to glorify God. Yes. Well, you know, I've actually went sometimes when I'm at a red light and if I'm trailing off in thought and I just start watching the cars pass by me. If coming Ooh, from the ongoing yeah. traffic, I start thinking about people in those cars. Like, because usually when you're sitting under a red light, you're just like watching cars go by. Mm-hmm. But like, if you really like look in the window and see the people, sometimes I start thinking about, I wonder what's going on with them today. Like, what, what are they, mm. where are they going? Are they That's going good. to work? Are they mm-hmm. going somewhere they don't want to go to? Are they happy? Are they stressed out? Um, and then there's been a couple of times where I've you know actually felt compelled to pray for the people going by. I don't do that all the time, but that's just one example. That's so a great example. The six months of your life you spend at a red light, pray for the people in the car next to you. That's right. So Heather, what's our Ricky thought today? Well, this wasn't really a mundane situation, but I feel like I need to update you on our vacation. From, from oh, Christmas. yes, which we're going to have a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, on so. road trips. But my one Ricky thought today is Ricky's Big Adventure. Ricky's Big Adventure. Yeah, it's not really a statement, but it's what it was. It was Ricky's Big Adventure. I do credit Cat School Julie, the teacher, <laughs> Cat School teacher Julie, for helping me with that. She she talked about Ricky's Big Adventure because she helped. She gave me a lot of advice. But the trip went really well overall. Uh, Ricky did great overall. There were some little moments along the way. The gabapentin sedative really helped him chill out for a bit. So the drive wasn't as bad as I was fearing on the longer stretches. So there was four legs of my trip, two days there and then two days back. Each leg was about six to eight hours. (laughs) So on the longer stretches, there's a couple times where Ricky started freaking out in the back seat and the big carrier I had him in. Mm-hmm. And so I had to pull over and give him Dramamine. One place I had to stop was at this big mega church because I couldn't, I was in some somewhere in Tennessee and I couldn't find anywhere to stop because I was out in the middle of nowhere. And then I found some, there's this mega church. And so I pulled into their <laughs> parking lot and there was nobody there, thankfully, because I felt really weird trying to shove a pill down my cat's throat <laughs> <laughs> in the parking lot. But the drive went really well. I think I've learned some tips for next time, some things I'll do differently and that kind of thing. The hotel stay. So I stayed in a hotel on the way down and on the way back overnight. The first night down was fine. He did okay. He woke up in the middle of the night yowling around three o'clock in the morning, but I was able to kind of get him to calm down and like go back to sleep <laughs> on the way home was not as good. He woke up around two o'clock. He was running around the room like a crazy cat, hanging off the headboard, dropping onto my pillow and and meowing and scratching the walls. And it was just a little insane. So <laughs> that was probably the least fun part of the trip. But the actual visit to my parents' house, we were there for two weeks and it actually went pretty well. Um, it took him a while to get used to everything, to the surroundings, to all the new people. But by the end of the two weeks, he was loving life there. He loved looking out their windows and they had, they live out in the country. So there's this big open grassy area for him to watch all the birds and the bugs and all that. So he really enjoyed himself and my family loved him. So I will do another Ricky 
road trip again, just hopefully not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll share more of those, yeah. the, that experience in our upcoming episode. But Ricky got to go over the river and through the woods to yes, grandmother's he, house. Yes, he did. And I, I'm really proud of my cat for how well he did, considering that he's a cat and that I made him go on a road trip with me. <laughs> and he did really well. And so if you have a cat, and you'd like to take them traveling with you, it can be done, and it can be done well. And we'll have I'll have some tips in a future episode. She's um, got lots of tips, I've got folks. lots of tips. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> our final segment is our one single question. So let me share today's question, which is, when was a time when you were able to glorify God in a mundane situation? What you got? Well, I, you know, one thing we mentioned up at the beginning was talking about, you know, what does it mean to, to be in God's will and following God's purpose for your life? And one thing was sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. but we're called to share the gospel with other people. And so I was just thinking about times where I'm just going about my business doing whatever and God's given me opportunities to share the gospel with other people, random strangers, or even little moments where you've been able to speak truth into someone's life. So I thought of one example, pretty mundane, but just, you know, going to buy groceries Hmm. and I was at the U-Scan thing at Kroger self-checkout and it undercharged me somehow. Something happened weird with the but it was in my favor, and I can't really remember the details of it, but I flagged the, the cashier over, and she came over, and I said, this doesn't look right. And I think it was an error, but she let me have it anyway, because mm. that's their policy. But I just wanted to make sure she was aware. And she's like, well, thank you so much for telling me. And I said, well, that's just what Jesus would want me to do. I just need to be honest. And, and I, I could tell she was probably a believer, too. She's like, that's so true, and people need to be more like that. But just little random moments where you don't really think anything of it and it ends up opening up to a gospel conversation. I mean, there's been times when I was on an airplane and airplane situations can be either really good or really bad. But I mean, I remember conversations on a plane where I was sitting by a businessman and I was reading Pilgrim's Progress Mm. to myself. Like I wasn't talking to him or anything. And he just started asking me questions about the book. And that led into a whole conversation that, and I didn't even bring up that I was a seminary student or anything like that, that I'd had any kind of theological education. I was just reading a book, you mm-hmm. know, and those, those kind of conversations are clear ways to glorify God in the mundane. And those have been pretty cool examples um, in my life that I've seen. What about you, Rose? So I guess the most recent thing was just yesterday, actually. As most people know that listen to the podcast, I'm a above-knee amputee and spend a big, a majority of my time in a wheelchair. I'm, I have my prosthetic and I'm working up to wearing it and walking with it some, um, but not not a lot, four hours a day. So because of that, I do everything in front of my wheelchair. Well, yesterday afternoon, my toilet clogged. Now, mm. I've had a lot of issues with this toilet, spent a lot of money on it, so I was a little frustrated. So I called a friend of mine, my friend Beth, to see if she was in the area, if she could come and help plunge it because I was plunging it, but of course I'm plunging it just seated, so I can't get my full force behind mm-hmm. it. Well, she had left the area, I said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So I called the plumber that I use, and they did not have any openings yesterday or today. I'm like, okay, well, forget that. So I decided I was just going to plunge it with all I had. I have two different kind of plungers, one that's more of a heavy duty and one that's just your normal everyday plunger. Mm. I thought, let me just do some more plunging, plunge, plunge, plunge. And then I decided I was just going to stop 
spray and I was just going to roll away. I was going to go into my kitchen dining room table. I was going to read and just forget about it. I just felt impressed by the Lord that, you know what, I'm just going to have to let the Lord take care of this because I can't do any more than what I've done. And so after about 10 minutes of sitting there reading, all of a sudden I heard this mighty rushing water. <laughs> just like all the, I mean, like literally it was, I could hear it in the kitchen, almost like it went through the, you know, mm -hmm. water system in there. And I thought, mm, I'm a little scared to go in the bathroom to see what's happened. So I'm just going to give it a few minutes and then I'll go. And it had cleared. Whatever wow. I had done had just, I guess, loosened it up enough wherever, how far down it was that was an issue, and it cleared up. And I flushed it a couple times, and it worked. And so I just had to thank God for that because I, I had to leave in about two hours to go to church, and I needed to be able to go to the bathroom before I left the house and all those mm -hmm. things. And so it just was good that I could get that resolved. And I felt good I could do it by myself, but I know it really was God. Yeah, I had an example, not exactly like that, but where I was dog-sitting for this lady who lived in this huge old house, and the dogs were typically let out the back door, because if I let them out the front door, they would run off. They were escape artists, and so it was late at night. I'd just gotten back to the house from somewhere, and the dogs were wanting to go out like crossing their legs because they had to go so bad <laughs> and so I'm standing there at the door and the dogs are sitting there waiting for me to open the door and I could not get this door it was this heavy storm door and I could not get it open to save my life I, I had unlocked it I made sure it was unlocked but it, it was just stuck for some reason and so I, tr I kept pulling on it and I was thinking of guys that I could like I need someone more strength so I was right. like trying to think of men that I knew <laughs> that wouldn't mind coming to unlock the door for me or try to help me open the door and so finally I just prayed out loud I said Lord I need a man please open this door <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just turned the doorknob and it opened <laughs> well see isn't it great it's great yeah. what God does yeah especially for the single ladies yes well that wraps up our episode for today I hope you all were encouraged uh, please if you have a suggestion Feel free to submit it at Rose's website, rosebooth.net, at Ask Me Anything. Our next episode will be on January 31st. That's right. So until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 